0: If you don't understand what's going on, you're liable to get crazy at this point.
1: Oil, baby. Black gold, Texas tea. (laughs) We got to load up this here truck now. We got to move to Beverly Hills, that is. Real Weird Al fan, by chance. I love Weird Al, of course.
2: <laughs> I was watching like a top 10 facts about Weird Al, and it was like, Weird Al Yankovic shreds, and he just had a paper shredder. He's <laughs> just, just on stage shredding paper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. He is just the best. Uh, this is awesome. I've been to two Weird Al concerts in my life, and I feel like I need to take the kid to one.
2: She, I think she'd is... quite enjoy it. How old is Rude out now? Pretty old, right?
1: He's like going on sixty.
2: Wow, dude, he I'm looks pretty good. Sure he's
1: going on sixty. He looks great. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, does he drink? Oh, he apparently he won't swear.
2: For the kids,
1: I'm gonna guess that he doesn't drink. Apparently, his wife tries to get him to swear, and he won't swear even when it's just them.
2: His wow, his wife is a terrible person. <laughs>
1: Come on, honey. Just one little swear word.
2: Just say it. No. You can't make me
1: <laughs> It's just this abusive relationship and Al Al <laughs> yeah. trying to resist being made to do evil things.
2: <laughs> well, sure, we kick it off.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we are to Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the very twelfth episode of Rethink Everything. I'm Tyler Giannacini, and I'm here today with Kent Yoshimura. I'm so excited. I've been playing with stocks the last few weeks, invested
2: everything into oil. I hope we're not talking about oil today.
1: Uh, well, you know, funny you should say that because we're here to rethink some of the things we learned during the 17th week of 2020, the week we got into the oil business. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay.
1: Fun! Yeah, I hope everyone diversified (laughs) their portfolios.
2: Oil is always a fun subject to talk about.
1: Whew! Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, inspired by the uh, oil prices hitting negative $37.60 a barrel, the first negative close in the history of U.S. oil prices on Monday, we... um, yeah, I figured we'd, we'd talk about some oil-related things.
2: Oh, my gosh. It, it, what used to be the most valuable commodity uh, is now people are trying to sell it off. That's great. <laughs> you know, there's actually companies, apparently, that own... Um, oh, my gosh. Why don't the cruise ships take the oil from these people that are trying to get rid of it, put it on the cruise ships, and they could you know, swim around... Until the economy's back, and then sell it back to the the same people, the oil people.
1: Okay, okay, we've got an. uh, This sounds like a very it's always sunny. uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's always sunny
2: and they could even use the oil in the meantime. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, no, from the from the sounds of it. Uh, if it's negative thirty-seven sixty 37 60 a barrel, doesn't that mean they'll pay you to take it? Like if you had plenty of land, just be like, I'll take the, all the oil. I'll
2: take all the oil and I'll sell it back to you when it's back to regular prices. We both benefit.
1: And if you need storage and you've got plenty of land, you just pump that oil right back down into the earth from whence it came. Oh my Save God. Save it for a rainy day.
2: Yeah. That's what the dinosaurs did.
1: Be defracking.
2: <laughs> defracking. Man, you know, the perfect person to call about oil, actually, I I know someone who uses oils, Um, a a painter friend of mine.
1: Oh, oil (laughs) paints?
2: Yeah, yeah, a a painter friend of ours, uh, amazing painter, works with oils. Um, And I I feel like he would know a decent amount about the oil crisis, just in general.
1: All right, yeah, let's, let's get an oil expert in here. I don't. I, I certainly am no expert in the oil in the oil industry.
2: There are certain facts that maybe he could prove as fact or fiction.
1: Is it oil oil paints? Is that are, the, are prices for oil paints going to be going down? Is that what we can expect? Huh.
3: All right, hold on. Let me get
1: this. Situation. Oh! oh no! Oh no! <laughs>
2: No, <laughs> Oh my God! Three gummy bears left. I'm just gonna. Oh uh, boy. I'm gonna eat one perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, now Gosh. I hear what you were talking about.
2: Shoot! I ate two of the three gummy bears already. I just like impulsively did it. <laughs> I wasn't thinking. No. Oh God, they're so good.
1: We're in a lockdown, Kent. Where, where are you going to get more gummy bears?
2: They're essential items. Damn it.
1: <laughs> I like Black Forest a lot better than Harry Bow. Harry Bow is like too—they're too solid. They're not gummy enough.
2: They are solid. I hate when they're too soft, though.
1: How about when they're too greasy?
2: <laughs> Ew, why would they be greasy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they get the grease. <laughs> gummy bears get the bag grease. Come on.
2: Oh, actually, I'm looking at my fingers, and yeah, they're greasy right now.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> There's some sort of weird like slime. Sugar. Gelatin slime. Paul! How are you?
3: I'm doing good. I've been actually painting a lot, so I've been able to do quite a bit during this
2: lockdown. So, so Paul, we called you because this week we're talking about oil, and... We figured a person that worked with oils day in and day out would know a lot about the oil crisis.
3: <laughs> of course, I do know that artists consume a lot of oil. We are—it's like that Father John Misty song about oil. It's—we just artists, con- creators con- consume a lot of it without being
2: much aware of it at all. <laughs> <laughs> Consume, consume, consume. Well, you're, you're the yeah, you're the prototype of an American citizen. Great.
1: <laughs> chew through that oil. Although Kent Kent yeah, uh, had to inform me that sadly the oil paints are not do not come from crude oil. From no, <laughs> no.
3: Well,
2: <is> it... <laughs> are you kidding?
1: I me? know. <laughs> it's a real <laughs> bummer.
2: Yeah, we thought the price of oil paints will go down.
1: It's, I, yeah, <laughs> but people would pay you to take oil paints.
3: Although I would say that the container it comes in was probably
2: oil was probably used to produce it. Good point. So it might go down a little bit. <laughs> so, so, Paul, as you know, uh, on Monday, U.S. oil uh, dropped to negative thirty-seven dollars and sixty cents per barrel.
3: Yeah, I did. I did actually hear that. That was on NPR. That sounded pretty bad. <laughs> I've never, I've never heard of something that they had to like pay people for their oil contracts. I know that's that's
1: just it. I'm thinking about getting into the accepting oil business. <laughs> <laughs> people just give me well, oil, I, and as they far they as I know.
3: Like, but where are you going to store it? Like, I saw like an image this morning of like dozens of tankers off the coast of. I think Long Beach just sitting there, just because like there's nowhere for the oil to go. It's pretty crazy.
1: I mean, you know the the ocean almost never runs out of storage.
2: <laughs> is it, isn't that wild? <laughs> I hadn't thought about point. that. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the Gulf of Mexico is a great spot. <laughs> no,
1: I, I was thinking I was thinking somewhere off the coast of Alaska.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> the Russians would appreciate it. <laughs> There's a lot less cameras up there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I guess to kick it off, uh, you know, one of the the best movies about oil is "There Will Be Blood." And Paul, have, have you seen that movie before?
3: I have. I've seen it
1: multiple times. Oh, it's so it's <laughs> badass. It's yeah. It is so good. i was just watching that ending scene again.
2: <laughs> it's so good it's it, apparently that scene was supposed to be more violent too <laughs> which the last scene uh, <laughs> it seems like they just went for it
3: like the camera were just sitting back like all right well daniel will tell us when he's yeah. done
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah,
1: that's gotta be it is like if it were if it were a more violent scene you can't trust daniel day lewis to stop <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm doing this for the art.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Apparently, Paul Dano every single day would come on set, and he'd have no idea what Daniel Day-Lewis would do. (laughs) He'd just be like, he just mutates like. uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: That's not Daniel Day-Lewis. That was Daniel (laughs) Plainview.
3: Yeah, it's it's true. Very true.
2: S- well, same same first name different monster
1: yeah yeah so you uh you, Kent you were telling me hey uh, Daniel Day Lewis had a year to prepare to play Daniel Plain, Plainview which is uh it's a lot of time to get into character very intimidating
2: <laughs> yeah and Paul Dana only had like a week <laughs> apparently because <laughs> it's supposed to be someone else uh yeah,
3: t- having a year to do your character, like, y- yeah, you better have a good character. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd
3: be yeah. pretty bad if he was just, like, mediocre. I'm just like, well, <laughs> all right. What were you <laughs> cool doing man.
1: for a year straight?
2: <laughs> no, just, just, just chilling. Oil rig in my backyard. <laughs> you get a lot of money. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, you know Oil as a commodity. There was another commodity that they used to uh, fake the oil, apparently, in that movie. It was the same liquid that McDonald's uses for its chocolate milkshakes. No. What? (laughs) (laughs) I guess you could just buy it in bulk. They're just like, all right, we need oil, but oil's really expensive (laughs) right now. (laughs) Irony. Um, But uh, do you know what's not that expensive? Chocolate milkshake liquid. At they use at mcdonald's
3: that's really wild that's so smart it did look real like i mean i guess i don't know what crude oil looks like but that was it fooled me it was like yeah that's oil that's <laughs> <sure."> <laughs> it's
1: that weird weird combination of powder and and water that turns into turns into milkshakes
2: like thick it just viscous and sticks on you you can't get it out of your system
1: Mm, Uh, it
2: it comes out goes in like crude oil comes out like crude oil (laughs) brutal oh man well I mean speaking of crises (laughs) like when you drink a chocolate milkshake Uh, Tyler you, you were looking up some uh pretty bad things oil has done
1: yeah i was checking out just checking out oil spills because uh i feel like you know you always you always remember or at least i i always remember the exxon valdez like people talking about the exxon valdez oil spill it happened when i was four years old but i remember people talking about that like for quite a while when i was young like uh, probably up until i was a teenager Probably basically up until Deepwater Horizon because until that point, the Exxon en- Ex- en- Valdez oil spill was the biggest U.S. oil spill.
2: Was that like semi-close to the energy crisis that happened? I remember there there's a, a per- there was a period in my life that I remember, like my parents were like, we need to go get gasoline right now. Wow. <laughs> and – uh we like sat at a gas station for like 45 minutes. Cause everyone was trying to just fill up their cars. I
1: wonder if that's a Gulf war thing. If that,
2: Oh, that might be yeah, a Gulf war probably thing.
1: Sounds about right.
2: Similar time period. Relatively, yeah. I guess. Early yeah. 90s. Yeah.
1: It is. So, yeah. So I, I always remember the, that there's, you know, like characters of, uh, John, Joseph Hazelwood, the guy who was captaining the ship. Um, but he like, they, they said that he was just wasted when it happened but apparently
3: uh he was <laughs> what real? I don't know much about the spill at all i really just i was i came online for the spills during the bp thing but i don't, yeah. I don't remember any of that. yeah
1: so uh, he, well the the truth is that he was he was drinking heavily that night but they're saying that he was not intoxicated by the time the ship actually struck the reef but um uh, I guess supposedly the issue oh is my that God. at this point in time, all of them were starved for sleep, so there were just small crews that would that would uh, like pilot these ships um, from from place to place, full of oil, and they just happened to have not been paying attention, uh, struck a reef yeah. in like. Somewhere south, uh, s- s- southwest, uh, Alaska, off the coast of southwest Alaska, somewhere. Um, and
2: you know, if, if quarantine's taught me anything about myself, it's that I can drink heavily at night and function the next day. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he was probably fine. And his story checks out. Yeah. This is the captain's <laughs> story checks
3: up. I believe him, <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was just being overworked by the man. I mean, I can believe the being tired part. I remember watching Deadliest Catch and all those those dudes would work like, you know, twenty two hours, get two hours of sleep, and then the captain would be like, "All right, time to get more, you know, fucking crabs." <laughs> 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 uh,
1: crabs again. And they would
3: just like be working <laughs> savage hours in like with like hours of sleep. Uh, I'm sure that happens all the time. You know, if you're if you live on a boat, yeah.
1: There's going to be oh. plenty of those industries that are just like unnaturally afflicted with work workplace injuries.
3: Right. And they're just not reporting. So they're like, well, I mean, I can walk off this sprained ankle or I'm not going to complain about this or that. Right.
1: Uh, so, uh, yeah. So the Exxon Valdez, Valdez oil spill, um, so, let's see that, that spilled, uh, 37,000 metric tons. Uh, of oil, and that is let's say it's 260,000 barrels. No, no, that can't be right. Um, but the uh, the Deepwater Horizon oil spill was 4,100 barrels to 4,900 barrels, just uh, that easily overtook the Exxon Valdez oil spill. But I'm seeing that on the list of great or on the list of biggest oil spills. Doesn't even come close to the Kuwaiti oil fires, which were forty-two million gallons of oil. Uh, uh, what?
0: Forty-two <laughs> million gallons. Where
3: million,
1: does that go? Barrels.
3: Where did that? Where did that happen?
1: Um, so this, these, the Kuwaiti oil fires were set by the Iraqi military forces as they were fleeing uh, in. the... Uh, the Gulf War in 91. So they were they essentially enacted a scorched earth policy where they're just like, Whoa. okay, if we're leaving, we're we're taking everything down.
2: Yeah, if we can't have it, no one can have <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: it. It's such a crazy mentality just people have in war. They're like, you know yeah. what, like I'm just going to screw this over for everyone. Like, uh, I-, I was reading about Alexander the Great used to do that too, where he would just change the geography of entire locations. Like, uh, Tira in Lebanon, where he would just create an entirely new peninsula, so there's no water flow that hits an island. God damn. Wow. <laughs> he would just go in and, like, massacre tens of thousands of people. Dude. All before he was 30. Wow. feel yeah, crazy.
1: That's a, that's
2: a power trip. <laughs> <laughs> people don't change. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I was... You, you know, like, uh three, Tyler, you were telling me about this. The Iraqi forces intentionally releasing over three hundred million gallons of oil into the Persian Gulf. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god! Oh, forty-two million was bad. Yeah, it's really. And what? And does the oil just kind of like
3: it just kind of sits there, right? Like, if I remember correctly, the like what BB did was they just kind of like put a soap that made it sink, so they're like it's not here anymore. <laughs> but it was actually like <laughs> it was actually under the water, like on the sea floor but they're just like I don't see it you know we're doing a great job uh, like yeah I do remember that what happens when you just don't even do that you're just like leaving it on the top three like you say 300 million uh,
2: barrels or 30 million barrels dumped as part of the Gulf War offensive 300 million gallons of oil into the Persian Gulf in 1991
1: doesn't even seem like an effective strategy
3: that's so crazy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're poisoning yourself.
1: Yeah. You're playing yourself. Yeah. Then now there will be no fish and seabirds.
2: It's crazy. Yeah. Apparently, on uh, online gambling sites, you can get good odds betting uh, betting on whether species will go extinct or not as a result of the BP oil spill. Wow. No <laughs> Humans are. We are so macabre. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like.
1: just imagine this sneaky back room in Vegas where you're just alright alright do you want to bet on the next school shooting (laughs) how many do you think are going to die oh god this is really dark I know
2: (laughs) but still Vegas is losing out on those school shooting bets right now, though. Man, there's no <laughs> school shootings happening.
1: I, I know. Everyone's yeah. just somebody from
3: home. Hey,
2: that
0: is
3: a that is a plus. Yeah.
1: Whoever was uh, shorting the the school shooting industry has <laughs> to
3: <laughs> say it's homeschooling shooting the. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, has so homeschooling so, shooting the best? Up
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I sent it to you, Ken, but it's the best meme. It's just like. This kid this kid with like a VR headset and he's got like a gun in his arms and he's just like, Don't lock into school tomorrow. (laughs) Classic.
0: That's that's so dark.
3: It's quite terrible how funny these are.
2: <laughs> we've Things are so bad, everything is just a joke now. Like, humor is the only way we could deal with how bad the fucking world is.
3: Yeah, man. Oh, is
2: man. It, we've been living in, like,
3: a meme decade. Like, no. it's, it's going to... Like, memes are the way we've been coping
2: with everything yeah. as a society at the moment.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: I... I definitely haven't laughed or cried as hard in the last like you know w- within the last 10 years I've definitely laughed and cried harder than I have in like the first 20 years of my life though so <laughs> the, yeah, the, the,
1: the <laughs> nervous the nervous laughter of like, uh, this is all going to stop at some point right
0: <laughs> <laughs> COVID jokes okay. are funny, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go back
3: to normal someday (laughs) yeah dude i mean not to go off uh tangent but like uh garcetti was talking yesterday about like you know during 9-11 the flights were down for two days and they caused like a ripple like a third of americans didn't you know go on flights and then that took 10 years to recover right now it's like 95 percent of people are not flying and, like, there's no precedent yeah. for that. No one knows how long that's going to come back. Like, who wants to sit in the middle seat, you know, after this? right? Uh, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Are they even going to allow it? Like, can they, like, it's going to be weird. Like, who wants to go on a cruise right now? Who wants to fly? Um,
2: the travel know. industry is just screwed in general. But, you know, if they didn't spend the last uh, bailout buying back half their shares. Yeah. <laughs> In uh, stock buybacks, what maybe these... they could have had cash reserves to survive. <laughs> what if they just did it again?
0: <laughs> just like, the guy,
3: when they got their when they got their money back, they're just like, yeah, but those buybacks, though, <laughs> <you know? laughs>
2: those stocks look juicy. <laughs> I mean, speaking of travel, and speaking of oil, and us as consumers, um you know we dug in a little bit about the car industry as well
3: uh oh.
2: more specifically henry ford do you know much about henry ford paul
3: i know he was the pioneer of the assembly line <laughs> i feel like that's as much <laughs> as i know he's probably so good. A, i don't know he's a dude <laughs> well, that's exactly right evil.
2: <laughs> wow he knows more than we do <laughs>
3: next subject <laughs> now what uh what about him
0: <laughs>
1: um carl benz uh as as sort of preface here from germany is uh known as the inventor of the automobile but um ford was the the one who kind of made it a mass production like this is, this is made it Okay, this is not going to be a unique one-off thing. This is going to be the way everybody travels. Um,
2: Consumerism. <laughs> yeah, Consumerism. Uh, he's the <laughs> he's
1: the visionary who put it all to work. Um, so yeah, I guess in in uh, 1913, Ford worker uh, workers from Ford uh, would like just walk off the job in the middle of their shifts because they're so they were so exhausting, um, and that would stop the assembly line. And so, uh, with that, um, Ford was actually... People
2: needed their cars, though. <laughs> yeah. Those selfish workers.
3: <laughs> They're not talking about that? the consumer. <laughs> yeah, they had a, a,
1: a 370% turnover rate. Um, Jeez. And I, I, I don't... Hired 52,000 I don't know workers.
2: how that's possible.
1: Uh, it seems like if you, if you're, if you're talking about early assembly lines and people first being exposed to that, I I would imagine that's pretty difficult. So I guess, uh, and at, and at that point you've got just really, really long shifts. So he figured, he figured that, um, he could reduce turnover by breaking the day into three, eight hour shifts and then have constant production. So there's never, no, never not work happening
2: wow oh my god wasn't it like uh at, at his peak he was able to create a model t in like, like 20 24 minutes or something
1: that's pretty solid
2: <laughs> build an entire car in less than 30 minutes with just just children <laughs> <laughs> yeah
3: that's pretty wild yeah it was uh did unions happen under his watch like uh, because of him or was it uh, later on where people just like all right i mean this is our life now <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm just going to accept it <laughs> but so i was actually <laughs> watching a video the other day on um by vox actually about child labor in the united states and how this one photographer louis Hein, was able to end the entire like child Labor uh, force through his photographs. But
0: <laughs>
2: in the year 1900, the US federal census revealed that there were more than 1.75 million children younger than 16 that were employed and working jobs across the country in places wow. such as farms, mills, factories, and mines. So this photographer went in and was like taking photographs of these kids with like missing fingers and missing arms, just a, like a thousand yard stare.
1: Oh, they had so much character, yeah. though.
2: <laughs>
3: you no, know, that's what we're lacking in our children. It's true. Man, it's those true. kids grew up to be really strict parents. He <laughs> <laughs> you believe what I had to do when I was five? And you're crying
2: over this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, can you imagine? Oh my no. Gosh. <laughs> <I don't- laughs>
3: You would have no sympathy from your parent other, unless they were like, no, I don't want you to have to suffer what I suffered. But <laughs> other, other parents are just like, no, I had to do this. So I don't want any complaining from you. Yeah,
1: I don't think they <laughs> invented compassionate parenting until like the 1960s. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a new
1: <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Ford, real, he's like a super good guy, right?
2: Oh, dude, he's a great guy. I mean, he—you know—he wanted to ensure, obviously, because he had the consumer. Um, he, he he wanted to make these cars for the consumer, right? So, to ensure that everyone in his company shared his his view, uh, he made sure not to hire a single Jew in the office for office jobs. No. <laughs> oh, 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 although although he hired them for physical labor. <laughs> Ford, you, you madman? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, but... yeah.
2: He wanted everyone to line. O- office culture is really important. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> was uh
3: was Ford the reason like the rubber um thing happened in Africa because of his tires <laughs> or was that bicycles? Okay, I'm trying to think of which one it was. Like the rampant production of rubber, like caused the like, Congo, say, the, the Congo. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was like, these people are these people are terrible
2: people. <laughs> yeah, th- th- wasn't uh, the heart was Heart of Darkness based around the what happened in Congo for the rubber trade? Uh, I,
3: oh, I don't know. I, I can't you know, confirm or deny. I'm I
2: don't dying. know. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a few years.
0: <laughs> uh, I either way, like, it was.
3: Yeah, that, that period was pretty goddamn dark and probably is still pretty dark. Um, oh, man. We don't, we don't hear any stories about rubber, but how do we get rubber now?
2: So I actually just Googled it. Oh. and yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Well, laughs> good old Google. Uh, Heart of Darkness was written in 1899, and it was a narrated voyage up the Congo River into the Congo Free State, which is exactly where King Leopold II <laughs> and chopped off the arms and hands of the rubber workers who weren't able to produce enough rubber
3: Yikes. oh so this was happening way before henry ford
2: oh my right? god yeah if that was king leopold about what, 20 20 30 years before about 20 years before uh henry ford
3: why did he yeah. need rubber well was it, i guess bicycles so, <laughs> so much like bicycles. Bicycle was invented a while before. It's just like tarps
1: <laughs> and things like that. I guess yeah. It seems like I don't know where that where that was from.
2: Like what's rubber like oil? Yeah. Where like everyone needed it. I
1: guess uh, Ford did have three point six five million rubber trees planted um in at Fordlandia and Belterra, uh, but I believe this is South America, not Africa.
2: Oh. He was a conservationist, also amazing. <laughs> he didn't want He just didn't want to like
3: ship it. He's just like, we can drive this stuff. <laughs> just yeah. stay, let's just stay on the same
2: continent. Africa's kind of far. Yeah.
1: <laughs> More rubber trees.
2: So, I so you know he's not he's not that bad of a guy though. Like you know the whole Jew thing, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Henry Ford actually doubled the pay of his auto workers from uh two dollars and fifty cents per day to five dollars that's double probably because of uh the high turnover rate
3: it's but thing, with <laughs> an amount of compassion he just woke up one day he's like my workers deserve more
2: because yeah, uh, funny enough uh after this raise it dropped his turnover rate dropped to the lowest it's ever been damn wow so it I worked.
3: Jewel's giving out five dollars an hour, yeah, that's, he that's went, like top dog.
1: They say you can. They say you can make five dollars a day working down at Ford.
3: <laughs> <laughs> All it costs is your dignity.
2: <laughs> dignity and uh oh, uh, uh, you're Jewish though. Mm. <sighs> I'm sorry.
1: Him in Disney, just palling it up.
2: Just pounding it up. I mean, I, I, I got a few more. I got a few more uh, Ford facts here. Uh, you know, uh, before he founded the F- Ford Motor Company, he founded the Henry Ford Company, which would go on to become Cadillac, actually. Wait, what? Whoa. Yeah. Weird. And then he would go on to inspire Hitler. <laughs>
1: uh... <laughs>
2: In what way? In 1931, Adolf Hitler. I, and Henry Ford is probably the only American to be praised by Hitler. Adolf Hitler called Ford <laughs> an inspiration publicly. Wow. What I mean, so- wasn't it?
3: Was it Volkswagen making the? Was he did he like inspire Volkswagen? How did he inspire Henry? <laughs> Wasn't the assembly line the efficiency? You like you're taking these people and you're you're just crushing them down to their bare basics. I love.
1: It. i gonna say Hitler only did it to to put a fire under Volkswagen's ass. Like, yeah. you know that Ford is, <laughs> Ford is so good. They're doing so good over there. They're making so many cars.
3: <laughs> yeah, Volkswagen's just like he's only talking about Ford. We should probably try to impress him. <laughs>
2: It's just like childlike competition. <laughs> Daddy loves Henry Ford more than us.
3: <laughs> you know Ford's turnover rate is uh pretty slim nowadays. You know how's he doing, Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Hitler, is not helping, dude. <laughs> We're trying. <laughs>
0: oh God,
1: Mr. <laughs> Hitler <laughs> <laughs> can't
3: keep coming around. This
0: <laughs> <to> the a plan.
2: <laughs> you got uh, politics to deal with.
1: You got to stop with the pressure.
2: <laughs> that's why i only drive subaru yeah. so. <laughs> on, on
1: on lighter notes uh uh you know we're go- things get a little heavy when you talk about anti-semitic uh car <laughs> car magnets <laughs> auto magnets yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> oil spills <laughs>
2: <laughs> For some reason, every single episode of our podcast just goes down that but route.
1: It winds up getting a little heavy. We're going to bring it back into a light and happy place with some fun facts about the drive-in theater.
0: Yay! You guys, uh,
3: you guys,
1: you guys been to drive-ins before? I assume at some point in your life.
3: To be honest, no. Never been to I, a drive-in. I don't Think I've ever. No, I. I mean, when I was growing up, we would have like movies at the park so we'd have like a picnic blanket okay go out and have movies there but no actually i actually never have i've only seen them pop culture
2: okay i i went to a drive-in theater believing that that's where you get to make out with your first girl but no one would let me into their cars <laughs> excuse
1: me i notice <laughs> that you're a girl at <laughs> <the> a drive-in <laughs>
2: I have gone just not successfully <laughs> and that
3: was well uh, that was late earlier this
2: year <laughs> no, yeah, no. that was uh, about four days ago i had nothing else to do oh. i was intoxicated the night before i thought i could function well the next day and <laughs> talk to a, a female companion did not work
1: <laughs> there's a uh i there's a drive-in near where i where i Grew up that um, I've been to quite a few times. This is a pretty fun experience. Always a double feature. Like, there's always two movies in a row. Um, and, like, the idea that you can just kind of chill in your car or in the back of a truck and watch it. I don't know. I like the communal experience. It is like that movies in the park vibe. It's like, it's not quite the same as a movie theater. You're not as obligated to just sit there and shut up.
3: Yeah. Yeah, watching movies outside with like under stars is pretty cool. It's it's definitely a because like I never would watch a screen. It's always like in a box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're in the theater. We're at home. Right. Yeah, it's it's cool. I I haven't done that in a while, but I remember always enjoying it as a kid. Cause you're right. Cause I'd just get up and go to the playground, or just go around, and I can see it in my peripheral. Right. Although, although drive through like. The drive-in, like, you have to stay in your car, right? It's not really encouraged to walk around,
1: or? Um, I don't know. So, uh, the one positive. so the one that I went to, they had, like, a concession stand that you would, you'd get out of your car and, like, go walk up there and, you know, like, get your popcorn and get your food. Like, that'd be kind of a place where people would congregate. For the most people, for, for the most part, people stay in their cars, but there are also people, like, out of their cars, just in the beds of their trucks or whatever, and so...
2: Yeah, they probably do like a Sonic's style, like someone on rollerblades coming around <laughs> with concessions. Uh, like,
1: mine didn't have that for sure. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I guess it used to be like super encouraged to like bring a grill and like you you'd be able to have open fires and things like that, and that has kind of gone away since because of insurance
2: uh, purposes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, at the um, it's like a tailgate party. Yeah,
1: totally, totally.
2: That sounds awesome. Yeah,
1: the the. The drive-in theater was invented in New Jersey. Um, Richard M. Hollingshead created the first drive-in by mounting a film projector onto his car's hood and showing movies on a screen that he nailed to trees in his backyard.
0: (laughs) I'm a genius. Look what I've done. (laughs) Yeah. It's
3: perfect DIY. Like, yeah, this is
2: smart. It's cool. Yeah. What year was that? Like pretty early on, like nineteen fifties. Uh, I
1: think I believe it was nineteen twenty eight. I don't have the fact in front of me, but I I feel like I remember it being like nineteen twenty eight or something. Wow, yeah, much earlier than year. I think you would have expected.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Uh,
1: apparently, tech.
3: What was his choice? What would he play? Does, does it say? Uh,
1: it's like. <sighs> <laughs> I, yeah, the name is like something that train like. <laughs>
3: video, train coming at you. I don't remember the name of <laughs> it. <on> <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it.
1: it I, the memory of, of what the name is that's sticking in my head is like Wife Murder or Beware Woman or something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> those are the words that are popping <laughs> in my head. I remember seeing the name of the movie, but like, I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> like, been before. <laughs> scary, like scary, spooky wife or something like that. <laughs> yes, <a> spooky wife. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Uh, yeah, boys only.
0: <laughs> I
1: guess you know, you, everybody sort of has a picture of the drive-in from pop culture, but I guess uh, Texas at some point offered gallop ins where you could watch movies from your horse. Hell
2: yeah, <laughs> that is the most Texas thing I've ever Dude, heard. A double feature on
3: your horse sounds like. That sounds pretty exhausting. This <laughs> like, sounds really like a like, bummer for your horse. Painful. <laughs> I know. Literally a bummer. <laughs> just, like, yeah.
2: Go back to the bar. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can't
3: even. Yeah, watch
2: j- this. I don't even <laughs> Yeah, my eyes are on the side of my head. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I don't even know if the colors are working out. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> None of the horses I like are here. <laughs>
1: okay, all right. So if, if the horse is impractical, uh, then I guess there were also fly-ins where pilots would land in what? an airfield and then taxi their plane into the last row. So like, they reserved <laughs> yeah. a row for people who wanted to fly to the drive-in theater.
3: Dude, that's bougie. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow that's some elite, that's some elite shit that's pretty cool i like I that i picture <laughs>
1: that just being in the flattest flattest area ever i have to assume you're just like oh, i'm going to take be. the plane over to the, over to the theater
3: and how big does a screen have to
0: be?
1: <laughs> uh, I guess the reason that most of most of us don't like didn't grow up with drive-in theaters is the 1970s energy crisis led to the widespread adoption of daylight savings time and the lower use of automobiles, making it increasingly difficult for drive-ins to remain profitable.
2: What? Mm. So it was because of an energy crisis?
1: Yeah. Yeah. but been oil back Tried in. to take it away from us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah now that oil is super cheap now we can go go to the drive-in whenever we want they'll pay us to put gas yes. in our car
3: <laughs> it's true it's it's i mean it's finally under three dollars it was crazy it was just f- filling up to uh yesterday just like wow what a time to
2: be alive <laughs> it's like yeah, 239 like near my house yeah. but i'm afraid to touch anything yeah i <laughs> Like I filled up earlier today and I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to touch this gas pump.
3: Ooh. It's crawling up my arm.
1: I've got to, <laughs> I mean, I've since, <laughs> since this whole thing, I just have gloves on my front seat. And literally every time I get out of the car and go touch anything, I'd have gloves. And before I get back into my car, I take them off and I throw them away.
2: Smart. Yeah. Oh, like the, uh, the, what do you call it? Like the doctor gloves.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um,
2: like the blue ones, uh,
3: yeah,
1: yeah, final gloves, or whatever they are. Yeah, they they make it very easy for when you can't wash your hands.
3: Yeah, it's so weird how we're all just like germopho- like we're forced to be germaphobic oh, of everything. I, I... I think about everything I touch. Like, yeah, I have hand sanitizer. That like, when I I know which hand I'm using for the pump, mm-hmm. so I use my other hand to open my door. Like mm-hmm. small shit like that, I've never thought of before. Just it's. It's wild.
1: I started off fairly obsessive compulsive and germaphobic and this has not helped things at all.
3: <laughs> no, so I never thought <laughs> about yeah, it before. I, I touched Metro sub poles. Like, you know, like I, I open <laughs> doors all the time without like washing my hands. I never think about this stuff. I, you know, I, uh, it's, it's, i guess a good thing maybe <laughs> well, we'll have a generation of kids like that don't
1: it. care or they or they're obsessed like think kids are gonna swing right. one way or the other coming out of this. oh
2: yeah it's gonna get bad i mean they should definitely bring back drive throughs if that's the case though like you don't have to get out of your car you don't have to talk to anyone jordan yeah.
3: i think like, i i think i heard somewhere that drives that the ones that are open are actually doing pretty good business. Cause that's the only movies you can see in public right now. Yeah. Are drive- yeah,
1: There was drivers. a headline that was actually kind of inspired us to, to talk about this topic, which was the, I guess the entire U S box office came from one drive in theater in Florida. Uh, like last end of last week or whatever.
3: Um, <sighs> Holy hoes. Who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> they stuck it out and it's finally
1: paying off. <laughs>
3: Dude, they must feel so good. You know what I mean? They're just like, we are the kings of this anxiety-ridden time right now. (laughs)
1: Just going from car to car, selling selling, uh, uh, hand sanitizer at at huge
0: markups.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So now there are supposedly roughly 350 drive-in theaters, but in 1955, there were 5,000 drive-in theaters in the U.S., which doesn't sound like... That sounds like a ton, but I guess that when you think about it, it was like, what, 100 per state?
2: I, mean, I did look it up. Uh, there's 40,000 movie theaters in relative okay. to 5,000 drive-in theaters. So it's still a pretty decent. I mean, 40,000, that's quite a bit.
1: Yeah, that's 40,000 now too, which relative to 1955, 5,000 drive-ins. That's that's pretty popular. Yeah. Um, I guess the... the, the <laughs> the most popular name for drive-in theaters is the starlight drive-in there are currently 10 drive-ins in the us called the starlight drive-in the runner-up wow, name I'm is so skyview
2: 3.5% of all drive-in theaters are called
1: 3.5% of all 50% of all drive-ins are named the starlight drive-in <laughs> The keeping the yeah, top that
2: has to be capturing
3: like has to be capturing some nostalgia, right? Like, yeah, that st- has to be like the name of most drive ins. Or, like, if we call it Starlight, like these old folks are gonna swarm yeah. in. They're gonna be like, Oh, remember the Starlight drive? Yeah. Oh, there's still totally. around. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, it's like
2: calling a, <laughs> <home rolling. laughs> calling a retirement home rolling, calling a retirement home rolling. It's
1: the name of the drive in from Greece. <laughs> right, <laughs> may well may well be actually. I don't know. Uh, the The largest operating drive-in in the United States, measured by car capacity, was the Ford Wyoming Drive-in in Dearborn, Dearborn, Mich- uh, Michigan. It can hold around three thousand cars
0: Jeez.
3: and open year-round.
1: Because so that's that comes Ford. Wow. Nice. <laughs> uh it gets cold they say it gets very cold in in the winter but the drive-in offers car heaters to keep you warm one (laughs) which is interesting yeah super efficient just turn off your car and then we'll bring you out a heater to run inside your vehicle i wonder i wonder how that works
3: i would think those people are bringing blankets and stuff too right you're just like hunkering like a cocoon
1: for sure you got to bring the blankets that's that's part of the charm right hot chocolate yeah
3: yeah it actually sounds mm. pretty dope <laughs> that sounds amazing
2: <laughs> henry <laughs> ford pioneer <laughs> <laughs> well don't get too excited because
1: the the high cost of getting into the uh drive-in theater industry is uh, $60,000 per screen for the projectors that you need to even show today's first run movies because you are obligated Jeez. to buy those projectors to run first run movies. And uh, What? Yeah, yeah, so now the barrier to entry is significant. You're obligated to? If you want to run first run movies, you've got to have those. You can projectors. just buy a projector
2: on Amazon.
1: Uh, I
3: feel you can't commercially do that. But, like that's one of one of the reasons of buying it is also like it kind of makes it so you can't. And where isn't it like a, against the law to just project a movie like for people? Yeah, without asking yeah. Essentially, questions? like
1: once, especially when they're f- like first run movies, I think it gets easier after that. Like you'll be able to buy a copy on on an old school projector like with reels. But um, I think the digital projector industry is somehow connected to the film industry and it's like another way of making money for uh for the studios i forget exactly how that works but there's there's something to it where the digital projectors were like a a kind of money-making scheme that not not really a scheme but they're they're like a good industry push forward but at the same time they also uh they're like they, they were a way of forcing people to have to buy these new projectors that would then make a ton of money for the the people producing them.
2: Everything's an inside job. Yeah, like why can't you just get a projector on Amazon? And just show all your friends. <laughs> just you know, just edit out the the first part where the FBI <laughs> gives that. Warning. Okay, all right. I
1: was gonna say. So so you do remember that screen?
2: <laughs> <laughs> what? what screen? <laughs>
1: wasn't on my version? Man. Uh, yeah. What
2: was it? it was like a $25,000 fine? <laughs> Whatever.
1: Well that's I have a plan that's, that's all I know about drive-ins. <laughs> oh actually no here. I've got one more <laughs> one more fact for you. The slang oh, term sad. Passion Pit refers to drive-in theaters because it was a great uh, make out spot for adolescents.
2: Oh wow, yeah. you
1: know where Passion Pit got their name.
2: Huh. Interesting. I've never actually heard that until me neither yeah, the band.
1: Yeah, I, I just assumed they made that up.
2: Passion pit. I thought it was like a passion fruit pit.
1: Turns out it's a real thing. Like, yeah, it
2: just sounds like an orgy to me. Like it, in does, a it totally
1: party. sounds like
3: an orgy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's like a mosh pit, but, um, but sexier. Yeah.
3: <laughs> a sexy mosh pit. I'll see you it in the passion to be pit. With, like,
2: like mud, mud fighting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, ooh, ooh, all right. <laughs> Muddy. Oh, is that oil? Did you guys strike oil down there?
1: Ooh. <laughs> oh, full circle, full circle. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, with that full yeah. circle, uh, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good. I feel like we got, I got, I got my facts out. Did you get, yeah. did you get your facts out, Ken? That
2: was, a, that was a great 12th episode. And I'm so glad we had an expert on board. Yeah. I didn't know much about oil. Yeah, it's always nice to have yeah. a professional. I didn't know all this stuff. I didn't know all this stuff about Henry Ford. That's for
1: sure. <laughs> His super uh, forward-thinking uh, hiring practices. That, that's what. <laughs> that's the takeaway.
2: That is the takeaway. Oh man! Inspired world leaders of one country at least.
1: <laughs> all right. Uh, well.
2: Wow, that was great. And I suppose Brilliant.
1: I'll bring it bring it home. Uh tell everybody that's been our show for this week. Yeah, that was cool. Thank you for listening. Thanks Paul for tuning in <laughs> or for yes. showing up and recording with us.
3: <laughs> yeah, this was fun.
1: And uh make sure everyone you check back next week for our very 13th episode. It's going to be a lucky one.
2: Lucky 13. <laughs>
1: Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All Take right, out there people. Bye. Bye. Peace. <laughs>